Hey guys, this is Ed, Paul, and Anna of Current Brand Media, and we are here to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor. Sportsball is a great subscription service geared towards minor league baseball fans. Each box features a different minor league team. You get a box every three months with minor league baseball gear, including different styles of hats like Ed's favorite, the dad hat. The cost is less than $12 a month. Proceeds from each box goes to More Than Baseball, the only nonprofit dedicated to the well-being of minor league baseball players. We all know that Parents' Days are coming up this summer. So if you've got a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa who are particularly difficult to buy for, but you know they're baseball fans, this is the answer, guys. Meet your new favorite team at sportsballbox.com. Is there anybody there? <laughs> the 12 foot circles yeah goes in that is the house and they're colored basically for tv because you think back to curling got popular uh world championships started and was started to be televised and in popular early 60s What's up, Deadhead Crew? Ed here. And on this episode, I give you guys two people. That's right. Sue and Howard of Triangle Curling. They are a curling club here in North Carolina. Listen, we go over the rules and regulations, the do's and don'ts, and just like golf, how they can go ahead and give themselves a penalty. Listen, guys, this is a great episode. As you guys already know, I'm a fan of the sport, so I wanted to know more about them, and they were kind enough to really go and explain from the very basics all the way to Olympic uh, uh, curling. So without further ado, guys, I give you the episode. All right. Well, I want to welcome you guys to yet another episode of the Data Chronicles. You guys know me already. You guys know my name is Ed. And with me, guys, I have two curlers. That's right. I Hopefully I said it this right. I have Howard and Sue. Guys, introduce yourself because I'm very excited about this. Yeah, I, I, You guys don't even know. I'm super excited to know more about curling. So introduce yourselves. I'm, uh, my name is Sue Mitchell, and I am a member of Triangle Curling Club. I am on our diversity committee and i am on our marketing committee as well i have been curling oh i started to curl in the ford administration as i like to say that's a very small window um <laughs> i also probably weighed less than a curling stone when i started to curl and a curling stone can weigh between 42 and 44 pounds um wow. so, yeah so it's not like bowling where you get to pick how much your stone weighs <laughs> sat and it's through use and age of a curling rock that it could, it could start at 44 pounds and end at 42. I love this. I'm already learning a bunch of stuff. See, I, this is great. <laughs> uh, that, Howard, introduce yourself, my friend. Sure. I'm Howard Sider. Um, I'm also a member of Triangle Curling Club. Um, I'm on our, our marketing committee and spend a lot of my time working on our merchandise. Um, uh, as opposed to Sue, I'm a, I'm a newer um, entrant to the uh, the sport of curling. Uh, I started back in 2018, uh, converted hockey player. Um, and uh, it's just been something that I've really kind of gotten into over the last couple of years and just uh, love the sport and love the community. That's awesome. Listen, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I'm originally from Puerto Rico, and I'm telling you right now, curling is not a sport there. 
<laughs> so I I actually picked it up when I moved to Cleveland and I'm like, man, this is the most fun a sport there is it is in the olympics and that's how i got to i got hooked on it i seriously got hooked on it and i'm like listen if i'm a regular guy i can make it to the olympics playing curly so let's do this i want to learn uh and of course i moved to uh here in in Ra in the raleigh Durham area and then i saw you guys and i'm like my wife goes you need to get out of the house so you need to find something to do why don't you try curling you've always wanted to do it i'm like yeah you're probably right that's that's the way it happens. I, I was the same way. I, I started watching it in the Olympics. Uh, I tried it uh, when I visited some friends in Toronto in 2010. And then I basically didn't do it for, for eight years. And I moved down to uh, the Raleigh-Durham area uh, right in the middle of the 2018 Olympics and uh, signed up for uh, a, one of our learn to curls where we, we give uh, people a chance to try curling for two hours and uh, got hooked. And, uh, you know, here we are all these years later. You know, and this is I want to start with that because I, that's something that you guys do. That's really cool. This, you know, the learn to curl part. Um, someone like me has hope is what I'm what, what I'm getting out of this. Right. I have hope that I can learn how to curl. Uh, not not so good, but, you know, I'll be able to learn the basics and everything mm -hmm. uh, with your with your program. Correct. Correct. Yeah. The curling is a really accessible sport. Um, you know, you can play. Based at any age, we have we have junior curlers that that start you know very young. As Sue was saying, she started before she even weighed uh, you know 42, 44 40, pounds. Exactly. Um, and we have we have people that curl you know well well into their uh, you know retirement. You know there there's adaptive versions of it for people that can't uh, you know crouch down into the hack and, and do the curling slide. Um, there's not a whole lot of equipment that's needed to get started on curling. We have at the club um, all of the equipment that you need to get started during a learn to curl. Um, so it's really just a, a really easy sport to get introduced to. And in, you know, a two hour lesson, we can give you the basics. So you can go out there and throw a couple stones and, and get involved in a game. That's awesome. All right. So let's get, let's get started with the basics, right? So let's, let's teach me curling, right? Because I, you know, I'm, I, I sit there just like a lot of, you know, Americans out there just sitting there and they're like, what, what's, what, how, why, way, you know, that's literally what I said. No joke. I mean, uh, how do we learn this? Right. Because there's some there's rules to this. Right. There's dimensions. There's uh, there's a way that you you slide the stone that you is it the broom that you use? Is it that's what it's called? Mm -hmm. All right. So, right. So it, there's technique to all of that. So teach me the basics, my friend. So, uh, so take it away. What, yeah. One of the things I like to say when I'm doing a, a learn to curl or a rental or a pickup and pizza is. You ha re remember that golf and curling came up from Scotland around the same time. So the actually rules, learned it. The rules and the camaraderie and the etiquette are very similar to, between the two sports. Okay. Like you call your own penalties in golf, you call your own penalties in curling. Interesting. You read the ice very similar to you would read a green in golf. That the ice looks flat, but it has curves. It will, your stone will curl towards the center. Mm -hmm. Or you could slice it off and it goes off the edge of the ice. And that changes throughout a game too. So you, you think about these 42 to 44 pound stones on ice. The ice is textured. It's not like hockey rink ice. It has a little bit called pebble yeah. um, that allows the stone to, to slide without kind of suctioning to the ice because the bottom of the stone um, has a curve to it. Yep. Um, but as you keep throwing those stones down certain lines, as you use the broom to sweep in front of the stone, 
you're changing the ice. You're changing how much frost is on the surface of the ice. You're breaking down that texturing. And so it changes how far the stone goes, how much it curls. And so the, the teams are constantly paying attention to that and reading it like they would a putting green. I, I, Sue's makes a great point. I mean, that's, that's the easiest way to explain it to people is, is some of those similarities to golf. I actually, uh, you know, I was doing a little bit of research, right? Like 1511, you know, was the first uh, uh, evidence of curling up in Scotland that that was found. So I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. this is amazing. This is this is cool. So we have the origins of it and all that. Um, okay, so someone like me never picked up a stone, never picked up a a a, a broom or anything like that. Um, what what is what is the very first thing that I need to to know or do when I'm at the, at the, at the ice rink, uh, in order for me to learn. So, so back to golf, the one thing yeah. I, golf lessons can be very frustrating and you're, you're surprised the first time you go out and you, Oh, I have to hit that. This is easy. I can hit that little white ball and you can't. Oh, I, I played golf. I suck at it. <laughs> yeah. Well, with curling on a team, you're, you're going to be placed with people who've curled before. Okay. You're not going to get frustrated because you're throwing two rocks and it's not like you have to throw that rock and then catch up to it and throw it again and keep mm. going after that hole till you finish the hole. So as Howard was saying, it's very approachable. Mm -hmm. So some of the first things is balance. Can you slide? Can you get into a lunge position and then slide down the ice? Well, if you can't, we have delivery sticks and we have other ways that you're able to, to, to make your, uh, adapt your delivery for the game. Um, I go, I'm a little bit old on my golfers here, but you could have a Rory McIlroy swing or you could have a Jim Furyk swing. <laughs> you have your Rory swing, have your Rory swing every, you know, every time you have the same swing. Well, if you, you have a little glitch in your backswing, well, you do it every time, just like in golf. And so okay. your, your basics of your delivery stay the same. So it's a very easy, like you're not having to learn 10 different um, shots when you first begin. So just mm -hmm. slide it down to lunge out of the hack with a little bit of balance. Okay. And your rocks in play, it's got to go about 125 feet. Your sweepers are going to carry that rock three to six feet for you. Um, the sweeping smooths down that uh, pebbled surface that Howard was talking about to make the rock go further and continue the direction it was going. So sort of like warming up your hands if you're out tailgating. Somebody, <laughs> yeah. you get a your hands get cold, you rub them together and you feel that friction. That's what we're doing to the ice. Mm -hmm. so gotcha. Yeah, and it warms it up, and it really is effective. Yeah. You see the Olympians, and they are ripped. They're okay. in the gym all the time because sweeping is a huge part of the game. When, when, a, when, when a point can be determined by you know hundredths of a centimeter, being able to sweep and carry a stone three to six feet can have a very big effect on a score. But you know the the structure of the game is also very simple. So you play in a normal game, you play eight ends. So an end is throwing all of the stones down from one side to the other. Um, each team in kind of a standard curling game has four people on each team and you've got eight stones per team. So on each end, each of your four curling members are going to throw two of those eight stones. So everybody gets to throw two stones. Um, 
there is a, you keep a, a, a order as you go through. So somebody's always throwing the first two, somebody's always throwing the next two. You always have two people on the team who aren't throwing the stones are sweeping for you. And then you have somebody at the other end, usually the skip, um, who is holding the broom as a target to show you where they want you to aim when you're throwing. Okay. Um, not where you want the stone to end up because the stone's going to curl, but where they want you to aim to start your throw. And then that um, way, with the sweepers, will go ahead and direct at that point. Yeah. So the sweepers will sweep the 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 skip. The person down at the other end will keep an eye on how much the stone is curling, how fast it's going. Tell the sweepers what to do. Kind of communicate back and forth with them to try to make sure that the stone gets to where you want it to get to. Mm-hmm. And then once you've thrown all the stones for both teams, whoever is closest to the center of the house, that is one point. And for every additional stone from that team that's closest to the center until you get to the first stone of the opposing team, mm-hmm. that's a point. So if you have the two stones closest to the center and then there is a stone of the other teams just farther out from that, you get two points. Gotcha. Um, and then you take all the stones back once you've agreed on your score. Um, whichever team scored, they throw first in the next end and you go back down the other way. And so basically you go back and forth eight times Um and you add up your your total points, and that's how you determine your winner at the end of the game. So it's like I, I, I'm thinking of ends as in uh, in baseball, like careful innings. What, yeah. Yo, I was gonna say, careful what you say. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So there's always two people that will go ahead and push the stone, no matter what. There's just two people. Correct. So, well, so there's one person throwing the stone and there's two people sweeping the stone for them. Gotcha. One on either side. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. I gotcha. Okay. Uh, and then the scoring is and that one I got because it's like, you know, the one who's closest to the, the, the house you said. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is the, the house is that set of rings. Yep. That's the one, the one closest, that's the team that would win. And then after that, any other stones that are closest that are not, that are, are are um, closer than the other team's closest stone. Exactly. Sure. Gotcha. Okay. I like so the, it. Yeah. A lot of people get confused because the rings are colored. So they mm-hmm. think there should be different points for different spots in the curling rings or what we call a house. So the 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 12 foot circles yeah. goes in. That is the house. And they're colored basically for TV because you think back to Curling got popular, uh, world championships started and was started to be televised and became popular early 60s. Mm-hmm. When you think about what TVs looked like back in the 60s, they were very they were black and white and fuzzy. Yeah. So they had to start adding some lines and some colorization to the rings so it would even get picked up on the TV. So that the color of the, the rings are really just for TV. I was just going to say, so the, the color of the rings has no bearing whatsoever on the point system for uh, for curling. It is just like you said, it is for fans like myself who is watch, we're watching the, the sport to know, OK, that's one ring, two ring. Got it. And then once they started to do it, it helps the curlers because you can see better where it's positioned because you're 120 some, you know feet away depending on where do you deliver the rock from how far yeah. away you are to see your target so it's it's helped interesting yeah. like 
it, it was meant for TV, but it ended up being something that um, that it became an advantage for a lot of curlers. So that way it can be directed, you know, that way, like you said, it's like, you know, there's someone who's going to be holding the broom right there. So it's like, OK, mm-hmm. you, you, right here, this is where you're going. So it's being used as an advantage now in, in the sport. Sure. And then the, there's also two other, I guess, basics of the, the curling sheet that we probably want to cover before we go too much further. But yeah, you know, in, in addition to the house um, on each end, you have a hack which are basically kind of you can think of them as like rubber starting blocks in the ice. Yeah. That that's what the curler can, can use to push off to start their slide. A hack. Uh, a hack. Yep. Okay. So there'll be two of them. So one for lefties, one for righties, depending on which side you're standing on and pushing off. Um, and then on each end of the uh, ice, there is a hog line, which is uh, about 33 feet from the hack. And you could think of it as kind of like the, uh, the, the fault line in, in bowling, right? So you have to release the stone from your hand before you cross the hog line on your side and it has to make it over the hog line on the other side to be in play. Ah, let, let, let's go over that one again, because that one is, I, I feel like that's an important one right there. Yeah. So, so tell me that one so, one more time. So when you slide out it, so you're going to start in the hack. Yep. You're going to slide out. You've got about 33 feet until you get to the hog line between when you slide out. And when you get there, you need to release the stone from your hand before you get to that line right otherwise it'd be like bowling if you get like a footfall from from standing on the line before you release the ball Mm -hmm. um and then on the other side it has to go because there's a hot you know the 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 sheets are symmetrical so it has to make it past the hog line on the other side to be in play so you can't just throw it you know 10 feet and leave it in the middle of the ice it has to make it down to the other side past that hog line to make it into play gotcha so if someone let's say that one uh, uh stone doesn't make it then at that point you are able to remove that stone out of play correct gotcha because i would i would think that somebody would try to use that as a uh, strategic stone yeah. uh in the uh, uh you know so to prevent someone else from scoring but once it makes it that that line then it's in play mm-hmm. gotcha. absolutely cool see, see i'm listen You're i'm ready to go I'm ready to go currently. Let's do this. (laughs) Um, So let's talk about the, the, the tools that you guys use, right? Because I'm sure there's, there's different things, you know, for shoes and, and, and the, the broom that you guys use is different than your tip, you know, stereotypical broom. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the the equipment's really basic. So you have, um, you can start first of all, you don't need any equipment to start. We have sliders and and what we call grippers which are basically kind of rubber things you pull over your shoes to give you some extra yeah. grip on the ice and also to keep the ice clean we, you know, we don't want street shoes on the ice because anything that's on the ice can stick to the stones can, and it stays there yeah yeah so um when you start you can just use grippers and a, and a step on kind of slider it's a teflon sheet that allows you to slide um you know curlers that that curl more frequently have curling shoes which basically have the slider built into the bottom of one of the shoes and so basically you're pushing out of the, the hack with one foot, you're sliding on the other foot. Um, and then you've got your broom. And so the broom, uh, I like to think of the, the shaft of the broom kind of in the same vein as kind of like your, your modern age hockey sticks. You know, they're light, uh, light mm-hmm. materials, a lot of like composite materials. They're very sturdy, but they're very light. Um, and then the broom head itself is generally kind of a, a piece of uh, foam, mm-hmm. uh, foam rubber, um, with kind of a, a firm plastic backing to it. Uh, yeah. And then it's covered with a piece of fabric. And that fabric has a certain texture to it that allows it to, um, you know, create that friction on the ice um, to affect the stone. How often do you replace the the head of the broom? 
Good question. Uh, varies a lot. I mean, it depends on how often you play. It depends on how hard you sweep. It oh, okay. On, uh, you know, some people just recreate, you know, if they're recreational curlers, they're not, you know, they're not playing in, in very serious games. Maybe they, they let it go a little bit longer. I mean, the, the professionals, the, the Olympic level curlers, they might replace it every game. Um, so it really varies depending oh, on wow. who you are. That's interesting. So it, it, it can't be replaced. Like, you know, like the professional curlers, they can replace that a lot. Yes. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. And some, then there's been, there's been so much technology advances in the curling room in the last five years. And a lot of the, a lot of the top level players, like Howard said, only use it for a game. So then they're passing down those, their old broom heads. Uh, to keep it the shaft of the broom they can keep and passing down the the broom head to to junior curlers or you know club level or rentals or that type of stuff and then they're also coming up with uh, ways just to replace the fabric on the pad because that's what's breaking down is the the fibers on that brush head as they they sweep the ice it's losing that extra friction that they need to get it within that eighth of a centimeter or a centimeter, however close they hit the game. Like a, a, a curling friend of mine from Detroit once said, uh, my friend Chad once said, you know, in football, it's a game of inches. We wish we had inches. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, you think about it and you think about these Olympic level curlers. I mean, these are, these are great athletes. They've been um, doing lot, it for years. They've been doing it for years. A lot of them are bigger than you realize until you get up close. I mean, a lot of the, you look at some of the, the Olympic curlers from this last time around. Um, these are, these are very large. Oh, they're they're, just, very, and, you they're know. very strong. And when they're sweeping, they are putting all of their body weight onto that broom to create and going back and forth as fast as they can to create as much friction as possible. That's going to wear down that fabric really quickly. And you're going to go from a fabric when you first put it on the broom that has a pretty good texture to it. It's a little scratchy you could smooth the whole thing out, um, you know, over the course of a game in their case or a couple of games. Um, and so you want to make sure, you know, especially at that level where the games have that much significance, you want to have fresh fabric on there as frequently as you can so that you can make sure that your sweeping is as effective as you need it to be. That's awesome. I, I, I that's, that's something that like, I, I didn't know. Right. I, I mean, I just thought it was, it, um, this is my, my pure ignorance talking here. Right. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was just a plain, you know, just foam. And then obviously I thought they, I, at some point you would replace that, but I didn't know there was an actual fabric that wrapped around that part. Then that you sweep. Yeah. I mean, you can almost think about it like, uh, like taping a, a, the blade of a hockey stick, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 You know, I mean, they might do it every period, but you know, that, that tape, the way that you tape it, the way that you wax it and set it up, that's going to give you all of the, the grip um, that you need to control the puck the way that you need to. And as soon as you start, you know, intro, you know getting it wet, as soon as it starts getting uh, cut up by the puck and skates, you're not going to have the same kind of control. You're not going to get what you want out of it. And so you're going to have to retape it. Kind of a similar idea with the fabric on a, on a curling. Room. Interesting. Anything else you want to add, Sue? I think we've, we're getting it. We're getting it all covered. Um, it's just like any sport when, you know, you can have your fancy shoes and your fancy brooms, but, you know, uh, you could get beat by somebody who's wearing blue jeans and street shoes that they've put, put rubber grippers over them and gone <laughs> there and, you know, or you, or you get beat, you 
get beat by the the junior curlers or you get beat by somebody in their 80s that anything can happen in that in the game it's it makes it uh enjoyable in that addiction of coming back and wanting to get better and and play again and saying analogy with golf too afterwards we sit around and we have a drink with each other i like that yeah two teams sit around and and converse and have a good time and talk about their game maybe not talk about their game <laughs> like we're, yeah. i don't want to talk about it it's well, over yeah. we talk i mean we have great conversations about curling everybody you know and a lot of them are you know where have you traveled to you know what other sports have you played what you know how did you get into curling you know, yeah just typical conversation and I think that's a big part of the game too, right? It's the spirit of curling. It's that's one of the things that drew me into the game. You know, it's Sue, Sue mentioned it before in terms of calling your own fouls. Um, but there's, all, there's, there's, you know, there's so much to that, you know, it's calling your own fouls. It's, you know, you're not rooting against the other team to miss their shots. You're not trying to, you know, you're quiet um, and trying to stay out of the way while they're making, while they're making their shots so that you're not disrupting them. You know, you're respectful, you know, use the honor code if there is a foul and you need to you need to take a stone out of play. Um, you know, to Sue's point, you you after the game, part of this this whole sport is is broom stacking where you sit down at a table with the team you just played. And, the, you know, the common etiquette would be that the team that just won, you know, buys a, a drink for the team that just lost. And you sit around the table, you talk, you have some fun, you socialize um and it's a really great way to meet people it's a really great great way to kind of unwind after a game um and something when you know when i started a couple of years ago i really appreciated about it because it really gave you an opportunity to get to know people um and really you know have it be more than just you know competing for two hours a couple of points that i want to i want to touch on is the is the self-reporting uh files because that's something that I didn't know about, right? That was so related to golf that I didn't even know there was that many files to report in the first place. So, so you want to talk about some of the things that, that people have to suffer? Yeah, absolutely. I want to hear some of the stuff. So if you're, if you deliver, you deliver your stone yeah. and your sweepers are sweeping it Yep. in the middle section of the ice. And one of the sweepers accidentally hits that rock mm-hmm. with like they have a tissue fall out of their pocket they hit it with their broom yep they have their chapstick falls out of their pocket whatever <laughs> happens and it touches the rock that rock you need to report that you have burnt that stone so burnt you the stone burnt the stone and so you at the middle section of the ice, that stone would then be removed from play. Howard spoke earlier about the hog line where when the stone is now in play, like that stone is a keeper. It's made it across the hog line. It's a keeper. It's going to affect other stones. Okay. And you accidentally burn it or you're maybe some people might have been intentionally burning it. Now you have to raise your hand and say, I burnt it. And the opposing skip gets to decide if that rock is removed from play. So let's say somebody had had had, had a crap shot and they burnt it. Maybe it wasn't purely accidental. Yeah. But it's going to be to the because sometimes your enemy stones are your friends. Mm-hmm. So some 
times the opposing skip would be like, no, I want to keep that. <laughs> yeah, like, no. Yeah. It's going to stay else, there. Or else I always, like, especially if it's the first end of the game and we're going to play for 8N and somebody accidentally burns it in their new curler, I'll say, just, just let it be. Because the curling, curling karma will get you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and the other common place where you'll see kind of a, a burned rock is once you get down into the, you know, the stop, the stone gets into play on the other side, you know, you might be throwing a, a shot with a lot of speed that's going to hit some other rocks and they're going to kind of carry them all over the place or the sweepers are trying to sweep it into the house and they're trying to navigate their way yeah. through stones that are already in play. You may accidentally kick a stone. You may have a stone that ricochets off another one and hits your foot on the way. That's that also counts as burning it. You have to, you know, report that and kind of raise your hand. And the opposing skip has to decide you whether know, or not what, what what to do at that point. And you'll see that occasionally, even at the, the highest levels. I mean, there there have been you know team team USA's in, in games in the last couple of years where you know a stone gets you know kicked accidentally or, or hits a foot on the way out, um, and they'll you know they'll raise their hand and the the opposing skip has to decide what to do. Interesting. That's awesome. And and it's and it gives. I love that the opposing you know, Skip has to decide because then it gives him the power to, it's like, no, 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 no. I want to keep it there because strategically it makes better sense for them to keep it there. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love that. See, I love, I, I'm already in love with the sport. <laughs> I, I want to try this guys. Um, you're, you're not far. We're going to have to have you down. I know I'm not, I'm very close. I, I've already, you know, Google mapped it and everything. Don't you worry. <laughs> so, um, okay, so my other question was, um, obviously, you guys got different um, different committees, right? You're in marketing committee, uh, merchandise, and then, Sue, you said you're also in diversity committee, correct? Correct. So, tell me a little bit about, about those committees, because I, you know, I like the fact that, like, you know, you guys are trying to attract more people uh, into the sport uh, here within North Carolina. Yeah, so we... Um... I mean, historically, the game, you know, was very popular in Canada, very popular in the upper Midwest. And we're in Durham and we would like our membership as we grow to more model what the population of Durham is. We don't, you know, we need to keep our membership young and healthy and we need to have, um, like, you know, diversity uh, all across the board. We have we have some diversity. We, we have members who have gone, there's um, some LGBTQ bond spiels, um, tournaments, a tournament, a bond spiel is a tournament in curling speak. Gotcha. So there's one of those, there's one in DC and one in Chicago and one in Seattle. And our club members have been very supportive of that. Um, so we're definitely uh, wel welcoming and uh, a, com a comfortable space uh, for people to come into. We definitely would like to see uh, a wider, wider variety of our, of our racial makeup, um, you know, and, and different countries as well. And we had world curling. Uh, they just had a championship this fall in Nigeria, India, Mexico. That's uh, amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely growing and you're, you're seeing it not just be, you know, people that look like myself and Howard out there curling. <laughs> well, and I, and I think the other important point to note, you asked about the, the, the committees, um, you know, we're a hundred percent volunteer run organization. So, 
you know, we have our own facility, you know, we have over, I think 300 members right now, um, you know, at, at any given point. Um, and we're hundred percent volunteer run and that's everything from maintaining the ice to basic operations around the club to finance, marketing, lead coordination, bartending. Um, and so it's really a huge undertaking. Yeah. yeah just, you can imagine you have 300 people. Now you have to decide what type of beer are we going to sell? <laughs> it's a big decision. Yeah, that, I mean, that's an important decision. Okay, that is yeah. very important. And I mean, you have people investing a lot of time, and I mean, ice maintenance is a is a time consuming task. You know, doing basic you know operations around the facility, yeah, um, is a big task. You know, there's a lot of equipment involved in maintaining ice. Um, you know, coordinating leagues for 300 plus members. Um, you know, running corporate rentals and and group rentals, which is a, a big you know revenue driver for the club and a big opportunity for us to get um, people into the club to try the sport. Um, all of this takes a lot of, a lot of volunteer hours. And so um, that, that to me is also one of the coolest things about what we do is, is we're able to do all of this with everybody just do donating their time, which is, you know, a valuable commodity. Yeah. I, and I think that, you know, as you grow, right, you know, there's more people that are going to come and diversity will grow. So, which is, which is great. Um, a couple more questions here, guys, and then I'll I'll jump into my famous, not so famous questions here. Uh, but I want to talk about some of the things that I I, I saw here because I'm on your I'm on your site right now. As we're talking, I'm on your site. Uh, what is this? Tell me more about pickup and pizza. What is this? What is this? Tell me. So as, as Howard um, was talking about playing ice hockey, I played a lot of ball hockey growing up and volleyball yeah. and different sports. And we don't have that in curling or we haven't had that in curling. So you come out to learn to curl and everyone asks, what are the next steps? Yep. People come up out with their, their work group and they do a rental. Oh, my wife would like this, or I want to bring my neighbors. They've always wanted to do this. What are the next steps? Well, I wanted to have something where we could answer that question. Mm. We, haven't had, we haven't since... 2010 Olympics, we haven't had an issue in this area with getting people interested in out to see us. It's that getting the person to come in the second time, getting them to come in the third time where you, with any business, you start to see a, a lesser return. So with pickup and pizza, it's very similar to a learn to curl, but people can do it who have done a learn to curl or have done a rental or they have not done have never been on the ice. Mm -hmm. so we we start with pizza, we go over basics and safety and have a beer, then get out on the ice. Real quick instruction. As quick as people can get that rock going down the ice and get it in place safely, do a little bit of sweeping, then we play a three to four end game. Gotcha. Yeah, and we offer those twice a month and they've been extremely successful. And sort of, it's not a, it's not like a, a straight up pickup like you would have in hockey or, or other games where you just show up and you make sure you have two goalies and you play, you know, you have a, a bit more with curling where you want that four against four. Yeah. And it's been a and great so program that Sue's yeah. put together. I mean, even for existing members, you know, like we have family, we have friends that haven't tried it, that we want them to come out and try the game. You know, I mean, I've brought most of my family through, through pickup and pizza uh, games to give them a chance to go out on the ice and give it a try. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, it's a really great way to get people back in the door that second time, because it's a big jump from a learn to curl to committing to a league. Um, 
And so to give them that second opportunity to try it or, or to bring their friends to try it um, is huge. I love that. Okay. Last question before I go into my famous, not so famous questions. All right. So let's say that I'm interested in signing up and obviously I need to go through the process of, you know, learning the sport. Uh, how do you guys uh, set that up? Yes. Yeah, so we, uh, Sue, go ahead. I was going to say our, our learn to curls for January have just opened up for registration. Mm-hmm. So if you go on our website, it, I think it's under try curling um, that you can see the registration for that. And then we'll give you, we'll tell you the basics of what to wear. What I like to say is show up wearing winter running gear or cold yoga gear. I'm okay with that. You want something that can stretch because you're going to get into a lunge position. So I need yoga pants is what you're telling me. Yeah. Joggers of some sort. <laughs> that, that we, I say no to crack. Um, <laughs> Duluth, Duluth, Duluth trading company, long tail shirts are good. Yes. <laughs> this is great. I love it. Love it. <laughs> And layers, it's interesting. Uh, I, I say we have the Triangle's largest walk-in cooler. So you're mm. going to be on the ice and it's it's cold, but yeah. it's, it's there's no wind. There's no rain. And you it, get, it's just moving. cold. It's and, just and, cold. And you're moving. You're, 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 moving. you're physically active, so you warm up. Um, I get down to a t-shirt mo- within 15 minutes about most games. Interesting. Yeah. I start I start in a t-shirt most games because I know I'm going to get there. Yeah, you're going to get already warm up <laughs> by the time you start. <laughs> and, and then once you come to one of the learn to curls, there's all there's a lot of different paths you can take. You can go to pick up and pizza a couple of times. You can we have a great Saturday instructional league. So mm-hmm. it's uh, eight Saturday mornings, um, in, both in the fall and the spring. And it's kind of a progressive course that teaches you all of the you know the basics of strategy, the basics of your, you know, the, the sliding delivery, sweeping. Yeah playing the different positions. And as you progress through those eight weeks, you do, you know, a lot of instruction, then you do some games and it really gets you ready to go. Um, you can also just jump straight into a league. You become a member, you can play, you know, one night a week, full membership means you can play in two leagues. Um, you can sign up for additional ones if you want. Um, so there's really a lot of different ways you can kind of go from a learn to curl, uh, you know, where you just, you know, if you were to sign up for one in January and kind of try out the sport, yeah. There's a whole bunch of different ways that you can then progress from that um, into curling on a more regular basis. I like it. This is amazing, guys. I really do appreciate you guys coming on. So because uh, I'm I, I really am thinking about, you know, coming in and, and learning because we'd love to have you. You'll have me. Trust me. Uh, OK. Are you guys ready? Ready. OK. I want to say what one more thing. Sure. Go for it. Thing. So we have our learn to curls uh, d- January 9th. Yep. through the 12th and then the weekend the week after that we'll have some pickups but on july or january january 20 20th 21st and 22nd we have our junior u21 play downs so we're it's a national event so yeah. all over the country can sign up and if they win the the tournament then they qualify for nationals so it's under 21 qualifier for nationals that's awesome and it's right here in in north carolina in durham correct wow that's amazing and and i do think also kind of with that's also worth note you know 
trianglecurling.com. You can get all the information. We are in Research Triangle Park in Durham at 2310 So High Drive. So uh, yeah, we're right in town if anybody wants to come check it out. Oh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to put all this information. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, and all our, right. our junior our juniors are on Sunday afternoons. So they're also a great program. Um, eight, eight, eight to 21 is really a good age range for the juniors. OK. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. Are you guys ready? Ready. OK, so let's say that um, you guys go to any event like, you know, let's say a hockey game, baseball game. Uh, what is your drink and food of choice when you go to a game? So I'm, I'm a big craft beer guy, so uh, I'm always going to be having some sort of craft beer. Uh, I like, st yeah. Style depends on, on the weather and where I'm at. Uh, if I'm a baseball game, I'm definitely doing uh, peanuts and making a making a mess with the shells. Of course. That's uh, the only way. So that's that's probably my go to. Sue, what about you, Sue? Uh, you know, I, I feel like I should go to Wrigley and drink the bases, have an <laughs> Italian beef, hey, then there go, you go into the game, have an old style and a Chicago dog. Love that. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. All right. So we're talking. Let, let's I got another one here for for you guys. Hot dog. Do you put ketchup or mustard or mustard only ketchup only? What's your, you know, because this is a very, you know, very contested question and discussion here. Nope. There is no discussion. <laughs> if, okay. if, you're o if you're over 12, there is no ketchup on your hot. <laughs> Uh, I, I strongly disagree. I, I'm with I, I'm with Howard here. I, I'm I'm a I'll, I'll either do ketchup or ketchup and mustard. I I, I won't do mustard only. See, I'm um, a ketchup and but, mustard. But I do love a fully dressed Chicago dog, and especially having one sitting outside of the summer in Wrigley. That's pretty great. That's that is pretty good. But yeah, I'm from Cleveland, so we have we gotta have our Bertman's, you know, spicy mustard with some uh, ketchup. That's that's the way it has to be. Mustard, <laughs> mustard and onions. There you go. That's I'll classic. take onions too, though. Don't get me wrong. Uh, okay. Uh, if you could, if you, if you guys can work at a zoo, okay. Which animal do you, would you work with? I know it's a good one, right? Like, I mean, you got to pick an animal, though. I'll start with Sue. How's that, Sue? Give me an animal. You know, I think I'm going like a beluga whale or something. I'm going. Wow. I like it. Yep. Manito Manitoba roots. I'm going with the beluga whale. Okay. I think I'm going on something like giraffes, you know, something that seems kind of friendly, something that's not going to eat me. <laughs> it's not going to want to eat you. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not picking a lion or a tiger. No, or no, no. That's, I've seen too many of those articles about bad accidents. And, uh, <laughs> as you know, I'll go with something safe. I like it. Okay. I, I, was going, I was going with an animal that wouldn't urinate on me. <laughs> I'm staying away from the elephant. I'll take an animal urinating on me over eating me. I just want yeah, to put that out there. Beluga uh, whales are friendly. That's, that's yeah. I like it. That's pretty cool. All right. Here goes another one. Um, what was your favorite cereal growing up as a kid? Cocoa Puffs. Wow. Cocoa Puffs. I haven't had Cocoa Puffs in a while. I'm not going to lie. It's been a while. I I can't remember. Got her I, stumped. No, I like I don't. We didn't have. Uh, I we didn't like we ate toast for breakfast. 
Uh, Tulsa's not bad though. Like, I was still eat Tulsa to this day. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have milk in the house, so like, yeah, that wasn't really it. Now, now we know that curling is not the most boring sport because obviously it's very intense and you got to pay attention. But which, in your opinion, which sport is the most boring sport? Oh, I hate cornhole. <laughs> But it's a good it's a good sport doing, you know, barbecues and everything. Good beer for two to four people, but not for everybody else. That's uh, true. Yeah. The people that are playing. Yes. Yeah, the people that are watching. Not so much. Yeah. I got you. You're more of a let's include everybody kind of situation. Exactly. I like it. All right. Howard, how about you? So if we're going with like major sports and from a, from a spectator standpoint, you know, I'd have to go with golf. I love playing golf. Um, I don't think golf translates well to TV and I think it's a little involved uh, kind of getting out on the course and having like follow golfers around all day just to see, uh, you know, them take one swing. Yeah. So I, I think golf is probably the most boring to watch, although I, I love playing it. I suck at golf. I've played it. I can't, I can't, I can't watch it. Mm. It's my nap time. That's what I'll say. <laughs> That's for me. For it, it, it is great for that because it's, you know, it's very calm. It's not a lot of right. loud noise. And, and they're like, and he's ready for the, you know what I mean? Like, yep. it's, it's so it, it just gets you ready for, uh, for bed. Um, guys, thank you so much for doing this. I had a lot of fun. You guys are going to see me there. I'm going to go in there and then at least at the very least, I'm going to try to get to the, uh, curling and pizza. Cause that sounds like a lot of fun and a great way to meet people here in town. Um, but where can people find you guys on, on those socials and, uh, uh, on the internet? Everything's triangle curling. So TriangleCurling.com. Uh, we're active on Instagram and some on Facebook. We haven't done the TikTok thing. I haven't, haven't, uh, succumbed to that, but, uh, uh, neither have I, to be honest with you. Yeah. So mostly active on Instagram and then also our website, TriangleCurling.com. And Perfect. Our, at our YouTube page, we stream yes. all of our events. Yep. You can watch any, any, any of our league nights, any of our big events on YouTube and, and for Instagram, it's at triangle curling. Perfect. Um, so yeah, really, really easy to find us. Thank yeah, you guys. I appreciate it. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll try to get some more people out there to, uh, uh, to try curling. We'll see you at the club later guys. See ya. All right. Said. Bye. Bye-bye. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Sue and Howard. They were a lot of fun. And obviously, learning more about the sport is great. Uh, I, I think the, uh, the the sport of curling is, one, uh, very fan-friendly. Uh, two, uh, this, the simplicity of it makes it so much more accessible to people like myself. So make sure you guys, if you guys have access to any curling clubs out in your area, make sure you guys go out there uh, and give it a try. I know I will. Um, again, I want to thank them for coming on and then make sure you guys are following them on all the socials. Uh, last but not least, I want to thank you guys, the fans for coming on and, 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 you know, supporting the podcast. Uh, it, yeah, I know you guys have a lot of options out there. So, um, I want to thank you for that. Make sure you guys are following me on social media, as well as make sure you guys are giving the, uh, uh thumbs up or five stars on wherever you listen to the podcast. And now without further ado, do here is the joke of the episode who do olympic curlers call for breakfast while on vacation broom service all right all right i see myself out and until then keep on grinding and always support the minor leagues see ya
This podcast is part of the Curved Brim Media Network. Here are some of the other members of Curved Brim Media. Hi, this is Ed Rivera of the Data Chronicles. Join me as I interview people just like you and players, coaches, GMs on the path that led you to become a fan of the sport. I'm Paul Caputo, and on the Baseball by Design podcast, I talk to minor league baseball teams, designers, and other super interesting people about what these minor league baseball logos mean. And I talk a little bit about ice cream helmets. What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna Tomaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list. Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series, and in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. You can find me on Twitter at at PatLarson1. I hope you guys enjoy. This is Patrick and Corey of BaseballMapper.com, and we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball. So get on the site and find a team near you today. Learn more about Curve Brim Media at curvebrimmedia.com.